0: you're listening to The Bishop Speaks, the podcast reaching all generations through revelation and where you receive information and inspiration from your host Bishop Bell. Let's start the show.
1: Hello everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to this blessed broadcast called The Bishop Speaks and I am your host Bishop Bell. Uh, This is my first episode so uh, I hope that you enjoy, I hope that you are encouraged, I hope that you are inspired and most of all that you are increased in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Um, I don't do anything without prayer first, so if you would, be so kind uh, as we look to the Lord uh, for direction, uh, His empowerment, and also His anointing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you're so great to us, the things that you do, the revelation and the, the many different facets of how you manifest yourself unto us. I just want to thank you for giving me the conviction as well as the pursuit and the passion after this particular platform. And I want you to use it, Father, for your glory. Touch the hearts and the minds of the people that join in with me in every episode from this day forward. Let this uh, first seed, this first birthing out of expression be so powerful and intriguing that it will cause people to be uh, so engaged and also uh, that it would be inviting unto them And we just bless you for it right now And we ask that you continue to Give us what to say and how to say it And we will give your name to praise forever It's in your son Jesus name we pray Thank you father and amen Alright uh, this is uh, the first episode uh, Of the Bishop Speaks And I'm going to uh, Share with you a, a subject Called the old is better uh, And Basically i want to i want to kind of cover several different things um and we know that a lot of things that are that are old are not uh necessarily outdated or antiquated but at the same time it needs an upgrade and so uh even when we have platforms like social media you know before the pandemic a lot of pastors and a lot of churches like we don't need no podcast we don't need no facebook live we don't need all this stuff we just come to church and now when the pandemic hit everybody had to use the platform because they were losing uh, momentum and losing members and people you know beginning to look at uh, other ministry gifts in order for them to get a a better understanding and that's what people want they want to they want a better understanding of uh, where they are in their personal walk with god uh, understanding as to why things are happening in society the way that they are and then having the ability to give some kind of explanation to people, you know, that they come into contact with. And the Bible tells us that we ought to be able to give an answer to every man. I mean, if if a, if a Satanist comes to you, if a Hindu comes to you, if a Muslim comes to you, five percent of to you, uh, whatever, whatever the subject or whatever the situation, can you hold it down? Uh, let, let me let me. Uh, let me give you a, a little, what do what, what they call it, a disclaimer. I am not your regular bishop. I'm going to say some things that's going to be edgy. Some of them are going to even be taboo. But I like to venture into those places because if Jesus were here today, he would not have the dry, dead, lifeless, routine, mundane, rhetorical, traditional uh, ceremonial message. He would be so engaged into who and what he created it would it would really drive people insane, uh, and so I like to I like to walk on those edges. I like to get right there at that place because people are looking for answers, uh, and it's unfortunate that it appears to be that everyone has answers for the people that are in the world right now, uh, other than the people that are supposed to actually have the answers, which is the church. Well, even though it, it appears to be that way, the Bible says that we, being those who are converted and who have accepted Christ, we are the light of the world. We so therefore we have the ability to go in dark places and explain the way through and help people to navigate through those times and those hardships. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a scripture in First uh, Peter, uh, the fourth chapter. This is not my scripture I'm going to be sharing with y'all today, but uh, every now and then I'm, I'm talking real slow, and uh, my uh, tech uh, tech tech person in here today is really proud of me because i'm taking my time i'm I'm, I'm really but i you know i get excited every now and then. so at any rate first peter uh two i'm sorry verse number nine it says but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation and a peculiar people that's four descriptions that's the four pillars of the people who say that they're representatives of the lord jesus christ and of the church number one you're a chosen generation Number two, your royal priesthood. Number three, your holy nation, and number four, your peculiar people. I'm gonna come back to that in just a second. Why? That you should show forth the praises of Him, meaning Jesus, who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Explain. I surely will. Okay. Why? Well, says when He called you out of darkness, all of the root, all of the practices that you had, what regardless of what. Uh, your practice was uh, let me tell you something uh, let me let me give another uh, explanation. I love the word and every now and then I might lose you if you're you're not a, a Bible flipper so to speak if you don't know how to look it up so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to speak slowly because I don't want to lose my audience. I want you to be engaged and I want you to know that I'm not trying to prove to you how much Bible I know, But I want to prove to you that when you have the Bible in you, it's not easily, you cannot be easily persuaded or tricked. So I'm going from 1 Peter 2 and 9. I'm going to come back to that. And then I'm going to explain uh, how we were under the influence of everything that was in the world, everything via television, via the radio, via the Internet, prior to us coming into the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and a rela- having a relationship with Him. So watch what the Scripture says in Ephesians the second chapter, beginning at verse number one. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to ask my technician here if she would read from her trusted um, New Life Translation, the NLT. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't always keep King James King James as my as my source. I'll go to other different uh, versions of the Bible. And if you don't know the Scripture. You know, real heavily or, you know, if you're not a regular Bible reader, um, but you want to know God, you got you got to read his, his plan and his plan is a, is a scripture. As a matter of fact, the acronym somebody said at one occasion that Bible means basic instructions before leaving Earth. So if you want, just like we uh, we watch sports Center, I'm, I'm a sports fanatic. I, I get the stats and all of that from uh, ESPN and other sources, right? Radio, TV and the newspaper, believe that, believe it or not. Right. That sounds kind of nostalgic or old school when you go to the newspaper, but I I go there. Okay, so uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, beginning at verse one, she's going to read that and she's going to read all the way down to verse number five.
0: Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, Hmm. you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Mm. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who, who refuse to obey God. (laughs) All of us used to live that way. All of us following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger Mm. just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Mm-hmm-hmm. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved.
1: And for anyone who feels like the church is putting pressure on them to perform in a certain way based upon the church's doctrine, based upon the denominations, uh, you know, their, their uh, rules of engagement, or based upon uh, the, the things that people personally have as a dogma, whether, you know, and we, we have a lot of arguments over things like baptism and tongues and, you know, all of the, uh, whether to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and all. And then the Bible tells us in Hebrews where that's that's petty stuff, that's menial. Do you really know Him? As a matter of fact, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. They ask a question in the song Do you know Him? Do you know Jesus Christ, God's Son? And that's what's important. But the, the emphasis I want to place again on Ephesians 2 is simple. All of us were under the influence of the spirits that are in the atmosphere. You wonder why people going crazy? It's because they don't know God, number one. And when I say they don't know God, what I mean by that is they don't have a personal relationship. They heard of God. They've seen church people do certain things. They've seen people that try to act deep, like they got a, you know, they got a, a firsthand Uh, access, you know, VIP to the green room with God, and nobody else knows who God is. You know what I'm saying? So because you speak in tongues, but you can't speak to me. So what difference does it make? So I want to make it abundantly clear. It's not about being self-righteous. It's about knowing that you are under this influence, but then when you accept Christ in your life, it's simple. Your confession brings you out of this uh, influence of this, this unseen world. The reason why things are happening from the unseen world is because we have not been awakened. And once you are, are awakened, then what it does, it causes you to have a curiosity. It causes you to, to pursue after uh, a relationship with God that you never had before. I've seen people wear T-shirts that says, only God can judge me. Well, do you know the judge? No, you know the family court judge. You know what they're going to say. You know what the D the going to say. You know what they, uh, what's the... What's the uh, the uh the, the the rental i call it the rental judge uh the, the one that you know i can't remember the name now a public defender you know what the public defender gonna do can do what he can do, what he can do for you and you know nine times out of ten if you don't have some real legal advice that you pay for out of your pocket you gonna do some time well jesus is the same way he stands in the gap for us even when we don't deserve it. Like the scripture said, while we were yet in this world in sin, he still was so merciful and he showed us his love and he extended himself to us and all we have to do is acknowledge him and accept him and then we can have all the benefits of the God kind of family. All right, let me go back to 1 Peter. Now, I, Now all of that was an explanation of the influences of an invisible world and I'm, I'm going to tie this into a, a character from a movie Called the Matrix, we're, we're all a part of this invisible world. That stuff happening now. If you could see it with your natural eye, you would go crazy. And I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you what it's like. If you've ever seen the movie, this is what spiritual warfare is about, and that's what I'm making reference to. The invisible world. There's always warfare, and the warfare goes on in between your two ears, your mind. That's why people are losing their mind. That's why they want to commit suicide. Uh, the pandemic has proven that people can't take a lot of pressure, and they can't—they don't even know who, them, who they are themselves. So you're hating people, and you're getting upset with people because you don't like you. I'm trying to help you today. All right. So as we go back to First Peter two now, the scripture says four things. You are number one. You are a chosen generation. We need to understand that, that every generation has people in it that are very influential and have the ability to be leaders and guides and have the, 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 the level of conversation where when they speak certain things, it's like a, a commercial they used to have back in the day called E.F. Hutton, whenever E.F. Hutton speaks, I think it was a financial uh, planner, when he speaks that everybody listens. So what kind of influence, that's a question I want to ask with the first um, uh, description of who you are once you accept Christ. Now, before, you're, you're not a generation that's that's chosen. You're you're called, but you're not chosen. What does that mean? God is calling you right now, even as we're talking on this broadcast, trying to get you into a place where you can hear him clearly. And the, and your hearing is distorted and your vision is distorted because the God of this world, which is money, has distorted your vision. Oh, my God. So now, watch this. The second thing, you're a royal priesthood. When we think about priesthood, it immediately goes back to uh, the priests in uh, Jerusalem, or we think about the Catholic Church because, you know, they have people that are called priests. So the priesthood, and, and basically all, of the, all, all you're talking about is serving in a capacity where you can connect the people to their God. So the royal priesthood is what we get from Jesus because he's the one that set the example of how we approach God. OK, it's not about the clothes you wearing or the suit that you got on or all of the garb. Because as a bishop, I have to dress in about seven pieces. And when it gets hot, I don't want none of that stuff on. It's too hot. Right. I got the, the miter, which is a hat that looks like, you know, sticks up in the air. They got the, the uh, uh, all of the, the, the different parts. I don't want to get into describing all this stuff. And then the, the next one is a holy nation. Right. Uh, one of the things that one of the problems, especially in the Pentecostal uh, uh, part of the the body of Christ, denominationally, uh, holiness or hell. You got to be holy. You got to live holy. Well, what does that mean? Living holy is not dotting I's and crossing T's. Living holy is living in completion, knowing who you are. See, your completion was done on Calvary. So holiness has nothing to do with your outfit. It's your fit, And so when you understand that, that, how God begins to alter how you think, what your capacities? Watch this. If I can change how you think, I can change how I can change your outlook. If I can change your outlook, I can change your outcome. And if I can change your outcome, I can change your income. And that all deals with your mind being renewed. So when you're talking about holiness, you accept the completion that Christ gave you from from Calvary. We do these uh, initiation services, put the the chair out in front of the church and you shake hands and then people have this great, uh, grandiose expectation of you to tiptoe through the tulips and and not step on landmines, you know, in life and blow stuff up and and make mistakes. And it's almost like you can't do anything uh, against what has not even been evicted or extract that out of your nature. And how does that happen? Through you reading the scripture and through you be, uh, coming to a closer relationship with God. I hope I'm explaining this where you can get this thing because holiness has nothing to do with an outlook. It has everything to do with an infit. And And when you don't have an infit, you'll keep having fits. And that's why people have fits at church because like, I can't even live by these rules. I can't keep doing this. And Jesus even said it to the Pharisees who were the keepers of the law at the time. He says, you got these robes on. You got your phylactery, which is like a little bracelet on your arm. Uh, you got all this stuff, all this uh, holiness jewelry on the outside. He said, but the inside of you is like dead men bones, extortion. You don't know how to love. You don't know how to serve properly. And so it, we have the same, it's a parallel because today it's like between doctors and dogmas, it's like, well, you're not meeting up to our expectation, brother. So therefore you're not really saved. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what if the Holy Spirit, which is God, the third person of the Godhead, that influences us in the earth realm now, he speaks to us in our own language. He does not speak in the King James English. He'll say, look, homeboy, yo, get yourself together. Stop tripping, baby girl. No, bye, bye, girl. Bye, don't put that, no, put that on ice. Chill out. Relax. This is how the Holy Ghost talked to me. I don't, you know, I don't know what Holy Ghost y'all got. You know, he cometh to thee in the King James' english if, And then he uh, 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 speaks from a a hierarchical, uh, ascended position and posture. And all those words means absolutely nothing. Because God is so practical and so simple. And we have complicated him because we made religion and church uh, we dress up we dress apart like Halloween every Sunday we dress apart but we but hypocrisy uh the, the hypocritical means that you to put on a mask yeah that, that, when you when you break the terms out it goes back to theatrics and what people know how to do good we know how to do church better than anybody especially African-American people people of color black folk Africans Negroes. We know how to do church better than anybody can. Out dance, shout, speak in tongues, you preach, hoot the whole nine. But what does it mean if no one's listening? The Bible says, "How? What? What? What is the purpose of salt if it loses its savor? How good? What good is it? It, it? it means nothing." Okay, so I'm giving you these, and, and then the last one is a peculiar people. You know what's peculiar? You're different. You talk different. You act different. You forgive people that other folks will bust in the head to the white meat. Okay? You don't cuss the person out that just got through cursing you out. The Bible, Jesus said, look, if you're going to be like me, if you're going to be a representative in my kingdom, when they curse you out, as uh, long as, you know, they, they don't, I, I'm not going to suggest that you let people put their hands up, protect yourself. But he says, love them that hate you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Oh, somebody didn't like that. I just picked that up in my spirit. Oh, you ain't slapping me, bruh. I'm sorry, that's not happening. The, the bishop gonna be doing more than speaking. <laughs> the bishop gonna need some alterations from the altercation. So God help me. Yeah, I don't. No, Homer don't play that. Like Homer, don't play that. You can't slap me. I'm am sorry. I, I, that's anyway. That that my flesh. I, I need that to be killed because I'm I i do not believe. Uh, that uh, no, we're not doing that. So I'm gonna leave that part. What's gonna be peculiar is that I don't flip out and go off. So you will know that I really got God when I allow people to, to to do certain things. And God knows how much you can bear too. So He knows I can't I can't bear nobody slapping me. So you know He He'll lead up to somebody else. You know, <laughs> and let them deal with that. All right. But you you show for praise when you can take the pressure when you can take the the punishment, the psychological abuse. Um, that when you can take the, uh, the, the, uh, the conversations and, and all of the manipulation and stuff that people try to do, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to bring you down, drag you down. So, this is what I want to, uh, to, to uh, leave at these final points here. And then I'm going to be done with this particular episode and we'll pick up uh, on next week. And uh, I want to call this uh, the four, my, this first episode is called the four pillars of progress. And the way that you can progressively uh, move forward is through being a part of what I just read to you out of 1 Peter 2 and 9. You have to be a a part of the chosen generation. You have to be a part of the royal priesthood. You have to be a part of this holy nation. And then you have to be a peculiar person in order for you to establish these four pillars of progress. Can't do it on your own strength. Can't do it on your own might. Can't do it just because you are familiar with church territory and the atmosphere. What gives you the rights, what gives you the ability, and what gives you the patience and the tenacity is you understand that I'm a part of a generation that's been chosen to speak to these issues. Right? So these are the four pillars of progress. Number one, truth. Number two, information. Number three, light. And number four, love. Let me say them again. Number one, truth. Number two, information. Number three, light. And number four, love. Uh, The Bible says this in uh, Hosea, the Old Testament. He's an Old Testament prophet. Verse 10, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 12. Break up your fellow ground for it is time to seek the Lord, break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that had been turned over. Like, uh, let me let me get country on you, since I'm from Tarboro, North Carolina. Princeville is over over the bridge, and Rocky Mount, it's quote unquote, the big city, is about 20 minutes away. Uh, you know, uh, west of us, and uh, Princeville is uh, east of us. And so, uh, in this little town, my mother every year would tell me to break up the ground in the backyard because she wanted to put a garden up. And anybody that knows anything about North Carolina in the summertime, especially around this time, gnats are bad. They are bothersome. Well, long story short, I would break the ground up and then my mom would have me to take all of the the the, uh, the grass out of it, you know, chop it up and take the grass, you know, throw it on the pile and then we would put it in the front of the, the front yard so that the people from the city would come and pick it up or either put it in the dumpster. Right. Well, as that ground was turned over, once the once the moisture or the water uh, left it, then it would get hard and then. We were so crazy we would have fights in the backyard and, and take the, the what we call dirt clogs, a little and look they look about the size of those granite rocks that be in the yard. You don't wanna throw them because you would hurt somebody, send them to the hospital. But the dirt clogs, you could throw them, hit somebody the head. it was like a like a miniature snowball, but made out of a, a clog of dirt, right? Poof. And once that thing hit, man, that was that was it. And so uh, me and my brothers and my cousins, we would always have these fights in the backyard. But that fallow ground was after the dirt was turned over and after the moisture left. So uh, in order for you to have the garden straight, you will have to water, the dirt, in order for the seed uh, to be able to grow after you planted the seed. So what God is encouraging us to do is to break up the fallow ground. What fallow ground? The part of our heart that has been introduced to God, but nothing has been seeded into it and there hasn't been any water. There's no saturation. There's no visitation. And so when God touches your heart through his word, he does not want you to just sit on it. He wants you to utilize it. And the reason why many people are frustrated is because what they have received from God, they're not using it. And when you don't use it, as, as the saying goes, when you don't use it, you end up losing it. There's also uh, a scripture in Jeremiah 4, uh, verses 3 and 4, that talks about circumcise yourselves. Uh And circumcise is talking about circumcising your heart, which is when the word of God, uh, which Hebrew says, it says that the word of God is is, uh, sharp as a two edged sword. That is the device that God uses to till the ground. If you notice the four pillars that I gave you spells the word word till. And to till the ground, you need truth. You need information. You need light and you need love. Now, when you have truth, truth liberates when you have information information educates when you have uh light light illuminates and then when you have love love eliminates it eliminates all of your enemies the bible says what perfect love is it casts out fear it eliminates anything related to fear apprehension intimidation misinterpretation misinformation (laughs) all of that love does that because love covers a multitude of sins OK, but truth is what liberates us. John 8 and 32 says you shall know the truth, not uh, th- and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, not set you free. We say it all time. The truth has set you free. If you've been set free, you still have a record. But when you've been made free, you have the deed and title, meaning that you have ownership because Christ has paid the price and the penalty to liberate you from fully and completely and the enemy cannot bring up your past because it's already been paid for in full then the bible says in uh saint john 14 and uh, 16 and 17 uh that he this is jesus talking about sending the holy spirit even the spirit of truth now the world cannot understand this spirit of truth which liberates us because it cannot see him so even though he liberates us which means you free All they remember you is from your past. All they remember you is from the things you used to do. And then we had a song, the things I used to do, I don't do them no more. And the places I used to go, I don't go no more, (laughs) right? So we need to understand that that the spirit of truth, which is God's Holy Spirit, he's the one that uh, releases us from the guilt and the shame of our past. And the last scripture I want to make reference to, this particular thing about truth liberating is in 1 John 4, uh, the verse number six and it says we are of God and he that knows God hears us right and ain't like it in John 14 where the world if you're if you're in the body then you're going to hear when the preachers or ministers of the gospel or another saint or believer begins to speak the word you will hear and know that is God he that is not of God can't hear us. Stop wasting your time trying to talk to people about spiritual stuff, and they ain't in the body. They're not a part of the royal priesthood. They're not a part of the chosen generation, right? They're not a part of the peculiar people. They're not a part of the holy nation. Not yet. It's not that you don't have access. It is. I can't keep you out of it. All you got to do is accept them, and bam, it's a done deal, right? So he says, hereby know we, those who are in this generation, who are holy, who are called by God, who are ministering before him, we know the spirit of truth, and we know the spirit of error. Okay? So the truth liberates you. Then information educates you. Light illuminates, and love illuminates. I'm going to stop with that explanation. I'm going to pick up on the, uh, the in uh, episode two talking about the four pillars of progress. Remember, in order for you to get this, to know it, to, uh, to understand it and to operate in it, you must first be a part of this chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, and peculiar people. Then it makes the understanding and interpretation and the expressions and the conviction and the passion so easy to embrace. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I am Bishop Bell and this is The Bishop Speaks. And I thank you so much It is always my desire to, again, encourage you, enlighten you, inspire you, and most of all, increase you in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until the next episode, continue to be blessed. We're trying to reach all generations through revelation.